Welcome back, everybody, to next episode, this episode, episode eight of We Are TPM. We are great to be back with you, or happy to be back with you, should I say. Um, this week, we're starting our fourth and final part of our series of how a great property manager saves you money, or how a great property manager pays for themselves, actually. Um, and one of the ways they do that is also the reason that we've uh, been gone for the last two weeks. We've been uh, <laughs> out at conferences, getting resources and networking and all that. So we've been doing, we've been getting our learning on a little bit, haven't we, Kyle? Yep, yep. Just more stuff to make us better, so we can make you more money. Learn how to serve our clients better. So yeah. So our topic today and our final uh, our final part to this series is um, low tenant turnover, which is how a great property manager, one of the one of the ways a great property manager can save you more money. We all know that that turnover happens for legitimate reasons, but if you can avoid it and lower that turnover, the the vacancy, the amount of time that a property is vacant and the cost that it takes to turn it over, get a new tenant, market for a new tenant, maybe do those repairs is really what you're trying to avoid here, right? Yeah, turnover costs is what we call them. Um, and that's because they're, it's not just a turnover. There's always costs to a turnover. So the less turnovers you have, the less frequent turnovers you have, uh, ideally the less turnover costs you have, the less costs overall you have and more money you make. So, uh, I mean, it's, Assuming it's there's turnovers for good reasons, there's turnovers for bad reasons, there's turnover for no reasons. But mm. uh, regardless, if you can minimize them, like you said, there are factors that a great property manager can use, pay pay attention to, and plan around, like we do, um, that let m- minimizes the amount of turnovers you incentivize is, is really a big part of that. So, Kyle, I've created a list of reasons that people leave a property with the goal in mind of have you and I having a discussion and talking about each one of these. So, so you up for that, Kyle? Can yeah, we let's talk about each one of these? I want to get some out of the way, some obvious ones. There's some obvious ones that are reasons people leave that we, you and I can't do anything about that are just a part of the normal life cycle of having a rental, right? So people leave because from job relocation, divorce, uh, maybe they're moving from military, right? Um, there's downsizing, upsizing, right? Those are reasons that we can't affect um, while we're managing that that home or that asset. So aside from those things, let's talk about some of the things that we can affect. Mm-hmm. Um why tenants move? How about this? How about this one? We talked about this one in part one at at length, and that is increasing rents beyond market rates. Yeah, and it's, it ties into the pricing, which was the topic of that one. It's not increasing mm. rents. Well, that is something that can push a tenant out. Um, it's increasing them past market rate. That makes a difference because if you're... Everyone increases rents, markets go up, but if you keep it at market rate, below market rate or whatever for a good tenant, whatever it may be, you're still not incentivizing them to go look elsewhere and show them that they can find the same unit at a little bit lower of a cost because you're above market rate. Right. That's not what you want. That's the first thing they're going to do. Once they get that letter from us, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to go on a real estate website to see 
that they can go down the street and get something for the same amount as their new rent or lower. Mm -hmm. And if it's lower because you are just raising rent for the sake of raising rent and not paying attention to the market rates, you could potentially lose that tenant and now have a turnover, which costs you money for no reason. Mm -hmm. And the reason a lot of people do it is the turnover costs that we called, uh, that I previously called them, are not just describing homeowner turnover costs. Tenants have their, not that this is part of the landlord's bottom line, but they have their own cost consideration and turnovers. When, mm -hmm. when you move out, you have to, there's definitely money there. There's putting up whatever you need at the new place, movers, furniture for a different unit, whatever it may be. There's always costs on both sides for a turnover. And a lot of people or a lot of parts of the industry may think, you know, you can exceed market rate a little bit because they still have that cost consideration. That doesn't mean even if it works that that's not going to be their knowledge going into next year, maybe having six-month preparation and being ready to not go through that again. They know what to expect the next time around. Yeah, and the, but that's also assuming that, that's the, that this that we're talking about is the only factor for their move, right? So mm -hmm. we're about to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. And if they're dealing with all this other stuff we're about to talk with also, right, that may play into a factor on whether this rent increase is, is something that drives or pushes that, that tenant out, right? Mm -hmm. so, and I think it's good to understand that market rates mm -hmm are a market rate, like what you could buy on the market. Well, current tenants sitting in a home that have occupied it for a year aren't always a market tenant. They're, you know, you don't want them to be a market tenant. So maybe giving them a, you know, increasing the market rate, of course, but at a conservative level because they're staying in the home already. Generally, once you relist it back out on the market, you can get that top top market rate, which we got mm. into in the last one. Yep, yep. All right. So, and, and to your point, I mean, when we take over properties, that's when that falls, that, that, that really plays into taking over a property with a current tenant, right? That we have to kind of retrain them, so to speak, to our systems and the way we work. And sometimes that just doesn't work, right? Sometimes that doesn't mesh. And <coughs> that scenario that you just described kind of, plays into both we're not meshing personalities and we've got to get market you're four hundred dollars below market rent and we don't like to bring people up that much that quickly having that turnover gives us the ability to go ahead and market it at that more market rent yeah that's not that that's always what we're seeking but one of those things is reality right we have a reality of what our client hired us for and what we're expected to do and then you have the tenant who's getting a new manager's reality which isn't always the um, <clears throat> most incentivizing if if something like a big change comes through later on they may uh, they didn't start with us and get to see the whole transparent yep. process the whole yep. way through. And that, that can affect things as well. Absolutely. So we're going to expand on that a little bit and as I go through this list, Kyle. But the, the next one I've got here on my list is maintenance issues that aren't being dealt with mm -hmm. or not being dealt with properly. Now, we talked about this in, episode, in our second part of this series. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And um, we talked a lot about this and maintenance is, is probably, this might be the biggest one that drives people out if, you know, from, from my experience. Yeah. I mean, it, it 
if if you have problems with your house that you're renting and they don't get fixed and it's not your responsibility to fix them and it can be a very frustrating process especially in times where you know a property manager you may have isn't fixing something because maybe they don't have the responsibility to fix it the landlord doesn't it's not supposed to be fixed but that communication aspect isn't handled they don't communicate that properly they don't give an understanding before and after of what who's responsible for what. Well, even more importantly than other property managers, I mean, most properties aren't prop- managed by a property manager. So most properties are managed by a homeowner, right, that doesn't know and understand the property code. Or the, at least they don't have the rental business sense from, you know, the vast experience of, of years and doors that, that a property manager might have, right? So their experience is the one or two or three doors that they have, which, you know, that, that's, that's limited experience. And so they don't always make the greatest decisions, do they? I mean, sometimes they think they're making really good decisions, but it's not based on industry standards. It's not based on property code. It's not based on real good business sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have requirements as property managers to understand, know these things uh, all across the board where a landlord doesn't necessarily have that requirement. Um, I mean, there's there's different points there, but uh, not operating it and knowing on it all the time or having uh, not clear standards to what is being done or isn't being done can cause a whole bunch of problems. So Yeah, and you tie these two first two in together, you get a rental increase that's beyond market rent and... I've got a foundation issue that you haven't dealt with and haven't even sent anybody out at, and I've been telling you about it for two years. That creates a lot of frustration for a tenant, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And and that comes down to, call it telephone or, or having multiple pieces. There's three parties involved most of the time. Um, like when you have a property manager, three parties. They all have different uh, responsibilities and desires, right? Um doesn't necessarily apply to the property manager. We're operating based on the landlord's desires and and all that, but the communication and and story or whatever's going on at the home and with the tenant is something that that landlord and desires aren't accustomed to where we are. So it's the middleman game, but it, it being as seamless, seamless as possible can have a big swing of, of the result of, something as big of a change as increased rent, new manager and maintenance issues that have been sitting around for three years. And now you have a property manager that's coming on and you can throw them all that way. That can go good. That can go bad. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And you slid right into my next point. And, and that really is transparent and honest communication. So, we find Kyle, like we're very systematic about how we communicate with people, what we say to people and how we really treat people. Right. And through that process and the systems that we have in place and how we train our staff to be, everybody's on the same page. Everybody's talking the same language. Everybody's saying the same things. And because of that, our tenants know what to expect from us. Mm-hmm. And that's really the issue is, is when it's transparent, honest, and predictable, that's really makes that whole, that, that relationship that you just described, it makes it so much easier. 
Yeah, and sticking to it, knowing we're going to stick to it. Like, it's it's only transparent, honest communication because it's predictable, right? Like, you, if I get a call from a tenant that told me about a whole conversation he had with one of our staff members or with you, I don't need to ask them what the conversation was about. I know what your concern is. I know what they told you. There's, It's not in the back of my mind. I wonder what they said. It's just not. I know what you said because if you said anything different, yeah, we have a a quick training point to go to mm-hmm. go deal with, but yeah. uh, they'll tell me if it was different because most of them will have a very clear understanding pretty quick out the gate of how we operate because we make it very clear and that you're going to get the same answer no matter who you call. We're not playing. Uh, it's common in, in, in these scenarios to get a telephone game going. If he let's said, play one person yeah, against the other. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'll call him, see if I buy it. Oh, he didn't buy it. Let me call him, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's never worked with us because we're all giving you the same answer. Um, and you usually it, it gets it still gets tried, but it's quickly uh, <laughs> figured out. So it's because we're, we're transparent with what, why we're doing stuff on top of what we're doing. And that's what a lot of people leave out is telling somebody this is what's happening and dealing with it is part of the business. Telling them why I'm telling you it's happening and dealing with it is part of uh, understanding and understanding is huge and uh, really any communication. So, so the next one, Kyle, we kind of already hit this too. So let's blow past this a little bit, but it's an inconsistent way of handling your business. Meaning Having those systems that we just talked about, those processes and those those ways for people, those predictable ways for people to understand how they're going to be dealing with this as a tenant, right? Mm-hmm. So when they have that predictability, and I call it coaching our tenant, right? Um, but we're only able to coach them when we put them in the home, and then we're able to... They get our emails, they get our training videos, they get, you know, they get all of us from the very beginning, so they... They know what they're getting, right? And everything's predictable from that point on. And that's kind of what, what we were just talking about. Let's get into to another another good one here. And this is this is one that in 2021 is probably a bigger deal than it has been ever before. And that is having too few payment options. There are places out there, more specifically homeowners out there, that are still requiring you to bring them a cashier's check or a money order. Um, Deposit into their bank or... Goodness, it is 2021. Meet me at three, between three and six on the first or you're late or, you know, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. People just are not, especially think about it, renters typically are the younger, not always, but they're the younger um, segment of our population. And the younger segment of our population is used to having Venmo and Cash App and they they throw money back and forth between them and their friends all the time that way, right? So being having different ways to for, for people to pay so that they can do it automatically and not think about it or so that they can go on an app and get it done is what they're used to doing. They make their... They make their car payment that way. They make their loan payments that way. They make all their utility payments that way nowadays. I don't know. I can't think of any way we don't pay. And then the hardest, the most important payment you make every month with the strictest timeline has Is the hardest me- method to pay right, right, a lot right. of times. Yeah, it just doesn't seem much. Like it makes much sense, sometimes seems intentional, but it, it is huge. I mean, it's it's one of the things we do to make, to be a great property manager is not just to have 
payment options, but to have removing gray areas. Gray areas are areas of any industry, any anything in the world that gets take can be taken advantage of. I'm not saying it does, but the can gets removed if you have every payment option in the world. We we take e check, we take credit card payment, we take uh, we don't take cash in our office, but there's a solution where you can take it somewhere else and give them cash and it'll credit it. You know, like any method you could possibly think of is possible, right? So it's not going to be an excuse of oh I didn't have I couldn't get a cashier's check and deliver it or or whatever. We live in a, the world of automation, so if you don't. If you're not included in the world of automation, is it really the person that you that so you're not you're the one out of the norm, not the tenant. The so. old excuse I mailed it on Thursday, not only does it not not work anymore because we have 21 other ways for you to pay, but we would probably at least internally laugh at you a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who mails a check anymore, right? Well, yeah, it's, it seems like one of those gray areas it's trying to intentionally use, right? But uh, when you have e-checks or you have the world of ACH, it doesn't make any sense. I, I had a conversation once with a tenant where they said they mailed a check on Thursday or whatever a week ago and I'm and telling me they have a picture of it to prove it. And I'm like, well, take that picture. There's numbers at the bottom on your portal. Put those numbers into the portal and send it'll be done right now and avoid that check when you get it so like because that is a method of showing them right then and there with the problem that this is your solution no matter what so especially when you don't have a cost to the added options all right so as we go through some of these other ones some of these other ones gonna be a little bit quicker kyle and and so i just want to remind everybody we're talking about ways that we meaning you and i really Mm -hmm can reduce tenant turnover for our clients, right? So when they bring a property to us and they say, John, Kyle, we want you to manage this property. Having all these processes that we're talking about in place allows our homeowner, gives them some peace of mind that their vacancy rate is going to be lower and then they're not going to lose tenants for some of these dumb reasons we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these these reasons that just, they don't need to be there, but unfortunately people just don't know. Well, and some of these things aren't new, right? And there's so many new things happening constantly in our industry and the world and tech that gets added and wanting to try new things. Well, getting a baseline in what's already existed for a long time, I think mm-hmm. is, a, is a very important starting point at least. Right, so. right. But what's the what's the next one? The next one is exorbitant late fees, Kyle. So the you know, we all have late fees, right? That's a natural part of our process. If you're late, you know, there's got to be some kind of, you know, repercussion for that so that you're not late again, right? Mm-hmm. That's really the purpose of a late fee is to get you to pay on time. Most of our homeowners have mortgages, not all of them, but most of them do, and when they do, they're mortgage is due on the first of the month, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And they pay a late fee probably 10th to the 15th of the month. They pay a late fee. Um, if it takes us till the 10th or something to get payment from a tenant and they're counting on that payment to, hopefully they're not counting on that payment, but if they are, they're probably going to be late in turn, right? So, well, and yeah, you, you've said it. The reason, the real reason is uh, late fees are intended to you know, get you paid up, but also make sure you don't, you aren't late again, 
right? You're not doing that with exorbitant late fees. I've seen, I've gotten handed over leases that had late fees that not only could, but did exceed the monthly rent amount. Um, I, not that we would never do that. You're not supposed to do that. But my point is that's not a method of not making them late again. If now the penalty for being late is more than what you, you know, it's the snowball effect. I don't need to describe that. Everyone understands how, especially the next month that happens again. And again, you're. Yeah. And we've all been late to something, right? None of us are perfect. So Mm -hmm. we all have a bill that we forgot about. We thought was on auto pay. We closed an account. Something happened, right? We, it's happened to all of us, no matter how responsible we are with our bill paying. And Kyle, you would probably be angry being, I know that you've got great credit and you'd, you're really good at paying your bills and making sure they're paid on time. I know you are. But if you had one of those moments where you just forgot about, I don't know, your car payment and it was a couple days late and they charged you, I don't know, three, $400, which is almost a car payment, right? To be late, that would anger you, right? You would, you would probably consider refinancing that into a different loan that didn't do that when you had... I'd instantly go refinance it. Honestly, it wouldn't be <laughs> a consideration. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I I believe in having respect for your service, no matter what service you provide, and yeah, I wouldn't call it call it that uh, <laughs> that same definition. So, um, Steve, I don't know if this uh, the if this microphone is picking up my cough, but I'm trying really hard through this <laughs> podcast not to cough. I've got a little bit of a cough, so please forgive me if it's picking it up, y'all. Well, and to um, to extend on that one a little bit, since I know it's not one of your items, is is also rent reporting goes into that. Um, tenants yeah. actually appreciate rent reporting <clears throat> um, because they know it can help them get another one in the future. That it can give them a standing, and it also gives them a a reason not to be late. Not that the fees don't, but knowing that they're uh, to the rent bureau is going to see, yes, I have three, three years of history. It won't be hard for me to prove that later on. That's, that's powerful because it's one of the hardest things. Rent verifications, which we talked about before can be a difficult process. So that's a really good point, Kyle. And, and rent reporting could be, that could help keep your turnover down, right? Because people, everybody's so focused on their credit score for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they're tired of going to the car dealership and getting the high interest rate or no interest or not getting approved. Um, they're tired of being told they can't get a mortgage when they finally decide to go buy a home. And so everything we do in our life is wrapped around even your, you, your utility, your electric rate sometimes is affected by your FICO score. And so we, at, at to share property management, we report that every single month, right, to our tenants. Yeah, we do rent. We do rent payment history reporting to the rent bureau. I don't want that to get misconstrued with uh, credit reporting of rent, which is is something that property managers do and can be done. Um, it's something we can do. That's more of an optional part of it. But having the is that that can affect your credit score. The rent history shows your history without actually putting a. Either way on, on your score. So. Got it. But got they it. can both play a, a beneficial part, especially if you're willing to enroll well, in it. Well, I guess my point is this this helps in the tenant turnover because the tenant knows. There's a value that, being added. Yeah, yeah. That, that nobody else is doing. Like, nobody does that. Like, 
homeowners definitely don't do that. And most property managers don't do that. Um, so anyways, just, it's a great point, Kyle. And I'm super glad that you brought it up. All right. How about, um, unreasonable lease terms? So things like occupancy limitations, parking limitations, um, visitor limitations. Sometimes there's some really unreasonable terms in a lease that somebody can't live with that they either didn't notice or wasn't an issue at the beginning of their lease and becomes an issue while they're living there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I've always seen with homeowners and being a homeowner myself, I can agree with is nobody likes being told what to do Mm. in their own home and Mm -hmm. in their own property. Uh, Especially if you own it, you're just like, you know, you you shouldn't be able to tell me what to do. I own this piece of land and this house, whatever. Um, But tenants also have rights to their own home too. And to treated as their own home mm-hmm. to certain extents within within thresholds that are, like you said, reasonable to the respecting a rental. Mm-hmm. Unreasonable really comes into controlling sometimes, like telling somebody they can or can't do something based on a personal bias or a personal reason of yours. Well, mm-hmm. it's your it's not your home, right? It's well, it is your home, but it's being rented and hey, I'm sitting here listening to you thinking about of quite a few times that clients of ours have asked us to do things that we just refuse to do or, or to tell our tenants things that it's like, you just, you don't do that. That does not respect the tenants home well enough. And I'm not going to do that. And I'm super glad that you have us in the way of you, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from, from making that mistake because you know, that's and, yeah. Sometimes we have the protection of being we can't do this because it's not allowed to be right. required. But there are yeah. There's times where it's just like you know morally, or you know that that can't be done. Or it's so. just not a good business decision sometimes. No. You know, no. So. They don't see the. I'm not going to put anybody out there any of those reason or, or requests out there. But uh, there's always a result from if we were to implement that request into a lease term you know that would cause things that you're not thinking about right so right that's that's why we're here all right let's blow through these last few here kyle we got how about new pets new pets or um you know maybe you have a pet policy in your lease and you decide to go out and get a puppy and you realize that there is i don't know an exorbitant amount of pet security deposit, pet rent, or they don't allow your breed, something like that might push you out, right? Yeah, pets are one of those things everyone that always seems to get brought up or or is common to get brought up. And I was there's always good reason. There's sometimes where there is good reason, some houses, some complexes, there's situations where having pet restrictions or certain pet terms totally apply and, and are needed. But Knowing what those reasons are and making a decision on pets based on those reasons, I think is hugely important. And that sounds redundant, but it's really not because the this terms on pets can be decided based on no reasons, just a personal, I, I don't want pets because I know this, this is going to happen and blah, blah, blah. Um, the biggest thing I tell clients is not allowing pets doesn't just get you non-pet home or people without pets it also 
removes your ability to get anybody who may want a pet in the future, which is like everyone, right? Yeah, right. Uh, Little Johnny wants a new puppy. Yeah, you tell people they can't have something and they want it, right? Yep. And now they're yep. going to go find a new rental where they'll allow it or just knowing that they're going to live in this home and have the opportunity to get pets. They may live there for seven years and never go get a pet. And mm -hmm. now you had no pets and you would have lost that great tenant solely because you took something from their, uh, you took an option away from their yeah. life. So, well, that goes back to what you were talking about before. Nobody likes to be told what to do, right? No, nobody does. <laughs> so how about, how about this one? This one I think is actually pretty big for us because we've, we've got a lot of success in this, in this area. And that is, um, I, I've kind of categorized it as personalities, right? And what I mean by that is we touched on this earlier in our conversation, the personalities in our office, in the people that are dealing with the tenants and the properties, the contractors, our staff, us, everybody involved, that's all of those personalities, they all have to be on the same page with the way they communicate, with the level of respect they have for the tenancy, right? Understanding the relationship between homeowner, property manager, tenant, all of that stuff. When we're all on the same page and we have great personalities dealing with it, that are actually human and treating other people like humans. Mm -hmm. It just makes it, 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 again, back to low turnover, it helps keep your turnover down. It's one less reason for somebody to say, you know what? I'm tired of this place. I'm tired of dealing with this homeowner, this property manager. I'm out of here. Yeah, it's, it comes down to dedication and dedication to uh, could be a property manager, could be whatever it is. I, I've talked a lot about this over the past couple of weeks with people in the industry is it doesn't matter how big or small you are. Um, you can have a personalized uh, setup, right? We're, we're all we're all about structure and processes and, and them, those things being scalable, but they can scale with not being tossed around phone lines to a different person every time you call in and all that stuff. You can dedicate people to certain portfolios, certain pieces, so that at least those tenants know that when they that there is somebody who can help them solve their problem that is not just going to solve that problem, but can have some either access to or already have knowledge of, of your previous issues of your experience at the home because experience matters. So when you're just talking to someone new every time, they have no idea what your experience is. And if it's intentionally like that, then they probably don't have access to any of your previous problems either. So yeah, right. um, that's a that can be two big, big different sides of the coin in this industry because I've seen it done both ways, intentionally done both ways. I think we do a really good job with this, especially yeah. when we take over properties. You know, the biggest the biggest obstacle we have in taking over properties is just this right here. It's people are used to something and they don't like change. No. And somebody else buys a property or takes over management of a property and now all of a sudden I'm dealing with Kyle and John and Shanna and Nick and Juan or whoever else is involved. And it causes some stress, some natural stress, and there's a little bit of pushback until they get to know us and until they get to the talking to us a little bit and realize, okay, maybe this isn't going to be so bad, you know, we're reasonable. Um, but anyways, I, yeah, I think... And we try to make each one of us handle certain and make it known that this is who handles this piece. This is this that, person's role yeah, and that so person's that you, role, right? Not only you know who to call, but you can have confidence in that's what's being, how stuff right. is being dealt right. with. At least it's not a new thing every time or, or whatever it may be. 
So I got one final one, Kyle, and then we could then we could wrap this discussion up. But um, my final one that that helps with tenant tur- turnover is. I call it ancillary services, right? Or add-on services that we offer or can offer to our tenant to make their tenancy easier. Um, and, and a lot of people don't do this, believe it or not, and they don't they don't even think about it. So most of our tenants are responsible for lawn maintenance. There's some cases where they're not, but yard maintenance is a is a tenant responsibility. Another big one that we get a lot is pest control, right? That's a tenant responsibility basically because the homeowner doesn't have any control over what you're doing on that property to attract pests, right? Mm -hmm. Those are our two biggest ones. There's some other ones, filter maintenance and so forth. But all of these things are things that we can offer to our tenants. We got some great contractors that do this, right? So we can go to our tenants and say, hey, for 25 bucks a month, we can have this company come out, mow your lawn for you so you don't have to worry about it, and we'll add it to your account. Yeah, and I mean, we have we have a <laughs> great book of great relationships and vendors that we use to help our clients make more money and have better profit margins. But the, I mean, regardless of if you have that or you don't, you know, just told you I've been at conferences for the last couple of weeks. There's so many resources out there in the world, especially in this tech age, um, to get all those things done that'll set up those systems for you and, and, and get it done for not just the landlord, but the tenant side as well. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is the excuses are slim and the resources are plentiful so <laughs> i love it kyle you've done a great job of buying me time every time i go have a coughing fit i appreciate it yeah no do my best <laughs> um <laughs> we're here for your information right let's wrap this up kyle um this has been a great conversation and i hope i hope it gets people to realize that there are so many things involved in property management throughout this whole series right we've talked about so much stuff and Excuse me. Tenant turnover being one of them. I'm going to let you wrap this up, Kyle. Yeah. So to wrap it up, um, you know, tenant turnover is is a kind of a token word, but tenants leaving the home because of reasons for your, because of reasons due to your property manager is one way that great property managers help you make more money is not doing that. Right. So the huge not um, in tenant turnover is don't push your tenants out. Um, your homeowner can do things that'll push your tenants out you know, based on decisions, but at least that's not um, the property manager incentivizing it. So if you want to see um, numbers, inf- more information on any of these topics, see how we can make you more money or we could make your portfolio um better and put under these processes, shoot me an email, shoot us an email. We'll, we'll evaluate it for you completely uh, free of charge. Um, sit down and have a consultation with you just to show you how we can make you more money with your portfolio. And you can do that at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. Uh, just send whatever you want to send, list of properties, rents, um, what your lease terms at, or just send me your name and I'll find you on the tax records if you really want, just to make it easy on you. But either way, um, show me the money at wertpm.com. And I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for another episode of We Are TPM. And next week, we will be bringing you another great new topic and ending out this series. There you go. Peace out. Kyle and John Shera, out. Out.